Okay, last week, <coughs> Levi took you up in chapter 5 to verse 11, right? What did he say last week? Anybody remember any of it? Yes. What? Um, we have to pay attention to anybody because they're anything. We have to live in a loving way. Good. You taking notes? Yes, I Good girl. That's the way to do it. And you know what's going on. All right. We're going to begin chapter 5 and verse 12. We'll read a verse and we'll stop and think about it. So one at a time. Okay, first one. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are, owner, and are over you in the Lord and admonish you. And read the verse 13. First Thessalonians five. Read it again, Phoebe, verse twelve. And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish. Okay, so the first thing on this day you're supposed to do is beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord. So who would that be? Come on, it ain't rocket science. Who would that be? who work in the church, but who in particular? The people above you, like the pastor? Yeah, there we go. A pastor would be someone. Anybody else you can think of? How about Levi? You think he counts? Oh, yeah. Think he counts? Anybody else? Who? Jacob, John, three, 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 Sarah, Sarah, Heidi, Heidi. Okay, and there's there's others too. All right, and uh, what are you supposed to do with those people? What do they do? First of all, they admonish you. What does it mean to admonish? And it's a little more than just saying you're wrong. It's to, to encourage you to do right. To say, look, what you're doing isn't right. So we need to encourage you, admonish you, help you to understand that there is a right way. All right? <coughs> and all those people who teach do that. And then you're supposed to do in verse 13 what? What does it mean to esteem? Think highly. What else? Anything else? Make them feel good because they're doing their 
to esteem someone is to have what? Esteem. What? Well, that's a word, is self-esteem. What does it mean? If you have self-esteem, what do you have? Hmm? You think you, you think you got it all together, all right? You have a high opinion of yourself. What does it say about esteem here? All right. It's not that you make them feel anything. It's that you have a high opinion of them. That's really important. Right? People who work, and, and I think I'll emphasize that a lot, because there are people who don't do anything. They'll never help you because they don't do anything. Right? And we want to be people who work. So that's really important. And we esteem or we hold a high opinion of those people. Now I've seen a lot of pastors that people don't have a high opinion of. And sometimes because they didn't earn it. You gotta work and earn a high opinion. All right? And sometimes they didn't. So you say, well, people don't have a high opinion. Why? Because they didn't do anything. But when they do something, and they work, and they do their best to help you, then you are to have a high opinion of them, highly in love for their work sake. You have a high opinion of them, and so you do what? You love them. You love them. You love these people? I hope so. That would be the right thing to do. And that's what he's saying to do. And you love them for their work's sake. All right. So because they work, because they arrange things, because they organize things to help you, then we have a high opinion of them. You ever been to Asland Acres? Yeah. Anybody who hasn't been there, how do you think that got to be? Not a lot of work. <laughs> a lot more than you know. A lot more than you know went into that. All right, so you got a place to go because somebody did a lot of work. A lot of work. The same is true of this house right here. When I first bought this house from the old lady that lived here, uh, when you came up, well, first time I ever came up the stairs, that door down there was piled up with newspaper right to the ceiling. And the old lady said, I want you to go upstairs. Okay, so I moved a pile of magazines and newspapers. And when I opened that door, there was cobwebs from here all the way down to the bottom step. And the entire stairway was nothing but cobwebs. Nobody had been up here in probably 40 years. I was the first one to come up the stairs. So I took a newspaper and rolled it up, and I started winding cobwebs as I walked up the stairs. I 
time when I got to the top, I had a big ball of cobwebs on a newspaper, and I came in. There was a little alleyway down through here. And there was a wall here, right here. There was another room here. Right, there was a bed there, and there was a dresser drawer. There was a bigger bed in this part, and another dresser drawer. And when I opened the dresser drawers, they had been full clothes at one time. Now, every bit of clothing in both dressers was chewed into a mouse nest. They chewed every bit of clothing and they made the entire dresser one huge mouse nest. And it smells so bad you almost want to puke. All right. So, smell that now? <laughs> a lot of work went on to do that. All right. And the ceiling used to be this high, right there. That was the ceiling. So you just barely above your head. And we opened it up, raised the ceiling up, painted it, put wallpaper on. A lot of work, just so you can have class. Somebody did a lot of work, so you could do that. And then we added that on, and that's a lot of work. All right, so people have done a lot of work for you, and you to appreciate that. And then it says, be at peace among yourself. All right. So it's very important. We esteem people, we think highly of those who have worked hard for us, and we keep peace. That means what? No fighting. No fighting. You never fight, do you? <laughs> do this and I'll call you a liar. Do this, I'll say liar, liar, pants on fire. Of course you fight. People fight. When you're growing up, you fight. I used to get beat all the time, pounded by my brother. All right, we always fought. We used to throw things until we, until we uh, had blood. We only stopped when we got blood out of somebody. A lot of times it was me. All right, so don't fight. That's really stupid. Don't fight. And it's going to apply here. All right, verse uh, 14. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that that are among the comfort, the double-minded, support the weak, and be patient for all men. Okay, now, <coughs> we're learning here how to treat people. How do we treat people? People. Well, what do we do with our leaders? We esteem them. We love them. We have a high opinion of them. All right? Now, what about other people? Sometimes, well, almost always in the church, there's all different kinds of people. All right? And it says some people are unruly. What does that mean? Weird. Weird? <laughs> Uh, I'm sure that that is a part of it. What does it mean to be unruly? If I can rule you, I can control you. If you're unruly, you are... Uncontrollable. Yeah. Out of control. People are out of control.
control. So how do you treat somebody that's out of control? What does he say? Warn people. If you keep doing that, you're going to get in trouble. You're going to have some real problems in life. If you listen to people, you could avoid a lot of problems in life. Because life has got a lot of problems. And particularly in this world, there's a lot of problems. So you learn to... What's the next one? People are... Feeble-minded. There are people who are feeble-minded. And what, and what, what does that mean? They don't understand. Some people don't understand. Don't understand things. It's hard for them to get through life because they don't understand things. And that's not necessarily that they're dumb. Uh, it's more that uh, nobody ever talked to them about life, how to live life, and so they're just kind of weak-minded. They just don't know, and they are confused a lot of times. And so what do you do with those people? Try to explain. Try to explain things if they, you can help them that way. And the next people are... are people who can't what? Yeah, they can't accomplish things. They really don't know how to get work done. And I've met a lot of people like that in my lifetime because I worked for 48 years and for a long time I was a boss of this or that. And uh, people come in, they didn't know enough to come to work in every morning. I'll see you tomorrow. Oh, we working tomorrow? Yeah, we work every day. Come on. Well, I'll get here about 10. I didn't know you won. You'll be here at 8 o'clock. They well, why wouldn't they know that? Because nobody ever explained anything to them. Nobody ever helped them, all right? And so they don't know enough. Their parents didn't say, you get up and go to work. They just let you sit there like a bump on a log. Then they send them to us, and we'd say, see you tomorrow. And one guy said, well, I'm only going to work till 3. I said, no, we all work till 5. And he said, no, i got to go get my mail. I said, your mail will be there when you get home at 5. Well, I, I, I can't work all day. I said, either you work all day, or you can go home now and never come back again. <laughs> Those people need help because they just don't know. And it says, be patient towards all men. How's your patience? You got a lot of it? So, so? Not really. My mother always said, patience is possess it. Seldom. Seldom found in women. And never found in men. That's what my mother used to say. Patience is a virtue. Possess it if you can. Seldom found in women and never found in men. Now, that's not exactly true, all right? Just something that helps you to think about that. You've got to be patient. All right, here's the next one, verse 15. See that none render evil to 
And so if somebody does something bad, sometimes people are just bad. We got a bad person. And he does something bad to you. What do you do? No. <laughs> you do good to them. Jesus said, somebody punches you in the face, turn the other cheek and let them punch the other side. Everybody want to do that? <laughs> it doesn't come natural when somebody does something bad that you're supposed to do something good. All right? But when you do, what, what happens? It's very disarming. They expect you to retaliate. And if you don't retaliate, then they just kind of lost. They lost the war. We want them to lose the war. So somebody comes up and says something really nasty to you. You just nod your head. Yeah, okay. Walk away. Don't say anything. Let them say what they want to say. All right? Believe me, I can tell you by experience, it does a whole lot more to help things when you can do that. All right. Now, that's how you behave towards people. People in charge. You think highly of them. People who are normal people who live with the various issues of life. You can help them. And then sometimes there's bad people. Right? Now, there's another someone else you've got to learn how to get along with. Next verse. 16. Verse 17. Verse 18. All right, now, this is probably the most important thing in this passage, these three little verses, and I want you to think about this, because you learn how to treat people over you, you learn how to treat regular people, you learn how to treat bad people. Now, how do you treat who? God. How do you treat God? A lot of people just ignore him. You ever get ignored by anybody? <laughs> you ever somebody just pretend like you're not there? Sure. Right. How do you like that? Yeah, you'd rather have people be nice to you, right? God is ignored more than most people anywhere. So he said, I'm going to try to teach you how you treat God. Number one, rejoice evermore. All right? I want you to be thankful, rejoicing. All right? No complaints. All right, no complaining. So when you talk to God, yeah, people aren't nice to me. God, I wanted this. God, I don't want to hear that. 
You know, would you want to hear that? Complaining all the time? He doesn't want to hear it either. He wants you to rejoice evermore, to be thankful, to be happy. He expects us, and to rejoice is really to be happy. He says, be happy forevermore towards God. Don't ignore him. Don't do that. Be happy towards him. Pray without ceasing. Never stop. How am I going to do that? How am I going to never stop praying? How are you going to do that? You can't stop in the middle of a test say, hey, teach, I'm going to pray now. But you can pray in the middle of a test. And just say, hey, God, i got to have a little help here. I need a little memory jogging. And you can do that. And you can talk to God anytime, anywhere, in any way you want to. And they, they made a rule, you can't pray in school. <laughs> you can pray all you want. Nobody can stop you. All right? You can pray all you want in school. You can pray anywhere. Wake up in the night, I always tell people. People say, I wake up in the night, I can't go back to sleep. And then just talk to God. Talk to him all the time. Talk to him a thousand times a day. All right? That's really a good thing. And everything give thanks. All right? So, how about if something doesn't go so good? Do you give thanks? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a hard thing to learn, hard lesson to learn, to give thanks in everything. All right? So I had cancer a little while ago. So how do I give thanks for having cancer? It's a curable disease. And I told you a couple of weeks ago in the sermon, my brother and my sister and my mother all had incurable diseases. And two of them died. My brother is dying now from an incurable disease. So I got a disease that could be cured. I'm pretty thankful about that. All right? So there's always in something, if you look at it, there's some reason to be thankful. You can find it. And the more you work on that, the better you... It says, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. God wants you to be happy. He wants you to talk to him all the time, and he wants you to thank him all the time. All right? So we need to learn how to do that. What do I say every Sunday before I preach? (laughs) And after that, when I get up and get ready to preach, All right, but be, just before I preach, what do I oh, do? Oh, have everybody shake hands. No, just before I preach. What do I say every week? Every week. Just before I preach, I say thank you to Levi and Sue and the choir, right? Yes. And then I say, who else? Cleaning crew that cleaned the church. And the nursery who gave up their service for you. 
and anybody else I can think of. Why do I do that? I say it every week. Why do I say it every week? That's what the Bible says to do. Because you're supposed to learn to give thanks. All right? So I make sure they know I'm thankful for them every day. Anytime I stand up there, I want to say that because it says, God says, I want you to give thanks. That's what I want you to do. It's my will for you. That you learn to be thankful. And you can't learn to be thankful if somebody does something for you all the time and you only thank them once. All right? If your mother puts the dinner on the table every day, when's the last time you thanked her? Quite a while ago. Maybe never. Okay? So you have to train yourself to give thanks. And then you do that to God. When I look out the window and I see a bird fly up and sit on my porch, I say, thank you. That was nice. I enjoyed that. When I'm driving down the road and there's a snapping turtle in the road, I say, thank you. That was fun to see. All right? When I see an eagle fly over the swamp and grab a big old fish right out of the mud, I say, thank you. That was fun to see. So you got to learn, train yourself to be thankful and to do the rest. So this is treating God the way you're supposed to treat God. Verse 19. Quench not the spirit. What does that mean? There's a fire. And the Spirit of God lights a little fire inside of you. All right? God comes inside, and the Bible says our God is like a fire. And he gets inside of us, and, you, and if, how do you quench him? Ignore him. Say, ah, I don't want to do that. I'm not listening. I'm not going to listen to the lesson. I'm going to just sit here and let my mind wander. You're quenching the spirit. God wants to talk to you. That's what it is. God talks to you and you don't listen. So you quench him. He's not going to keep talking to you. And this is a very important thing. If you never listen, he's going to stop talking. If you won't listen to him, after a while, he'll stop talking. And that's what happens. He quenched, he says, I try and I try and I try and they won't listen. Verse 20. Despise not All right. And who knows what that means? What's prophesying? Well, prophesying is this. This is prophesying. Right? This is where God told us everything we needed to know. And so don't despise prophesying or pay attention to the Bible. You got people explaining it to you and you're learning what it means. Don't say, oh, I'm tired of the Bible. I'm not going to read it. You should be reading it every day. You should be reading it every day. All right, I've been reading the Bible every day since I was probably eight or nine years old. All right, you should be doing that. 
You don't have to read the whole book or whole passages. You may just read a couple verses, but you should do it every day. Don't say, ah, I don't need it. That's despising it. And you've got to say, I need it, so I need to do it. 21. Prove what? Probably goes with the last one. Despise not prophecy. All right. Make sure you appreciate the Bible. Prove it. How do you prove the Bible? Well, do what it says. All right, it says, if you do this, I'll bless you. And you try it. That's, let's go do that, all right? And you prove that that works. And hold fast to that which is good. Some of it is really helpful. It'll really help you in life. So hang on to it. 22. Abstain from all appearance of evil. All right. Sometimes... Adults don't get this. All right. And so they do something, they say, ah, I can do what I want. And you watch them do it and you say, man, I don't think they should be doing that. And they say, well, I'm okay, I can do it. Not necessarily. If it appears to be wrong. Right. If people will look and say, well, he's kind of cheating. He's, doing, he's out with some other girl. He's cheating on her. Don't do, don't do it. And people are going to look at it and say, that guy's not to be trusted. Say, oh, I just took her out for lunch. Ah, don't work. It's the appearance of evil. Somebody can say, well, here's what they did, and it looks like it's wrong. Then stay away from that. Verse 23. So the main theme of the book of Thessalonians is their questions were, what do we do when we die? What's going to happen to us? What happens when we die? What happens when Jesus comes? All right, what happens at the end of the world? All right, and that's been the question. So he says, the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, your whole spirit and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of the Lord. That means we do the best we can to live our lives so that nobody can blame us for anything. All right, have you been successful at that so far? It's pretty hard to say I never could be blamed for anything because you can be blamed for all kinds of things you did. But he says all our goal is is to stop doing things that are wrong because God is coming back. So what if Jesus came tomorrow at 5 in the morning? What would you do?
How would you feel if Jesus came tomorrow at 5 o'clock in the morning? Would you say, man, I'm in trouble now? <laughs> or would you say, boy, I've been waiting for him and I've been trying real hard to do what was right. All right? And that's the point of this book is that you don't know when he's coming. So if he came tomorrow and you were just messing around and doing whatever you felt like it and you're nasty and you're not helping people and you don't esteem God's word as important and then all of a sudden Jesus shows up. Uh, you don't want to be that position. All right, so he says, you be careful. Get your act together. Verse 24. If God said to you, I want you to be one of my children, I want you to do what I ask you to do, all right, he's going to help you. God doesn't abandon you and say, I hope you figure it out. See you later. God's going to help you. He will help you. Next one, 25. Yeah, all right. And Paul says, hey, Let's all pray for each other and maybe we'll get through this. We can do that. 26. Pray all the brethren with a holy kiss. <laughs> so you go back over to church and kiss everybody you see. How's that going to go? It's a little different. Okay. There are cultures that do that. If you've been around Italian cultures, they kiss everybody. Right? But that's not most of us. So there are people that you could give a kiss to and they'd be fine. They'd be happy. All right? But basically in our society, it's, it would say this. Give everybody a hearty handshake. That would be our culture. Right? We're okay with that. We can shake everybody's hand. You know, back then, they were used to all kissing each other and so that was okay. Now, in our day, the way we would do it is shake people's hands. Some people, you can hug them. Some people, you can't, all right? But by all means, do what you can do and shake everybody's hand. 27. He said, I wrote this letter to the people in Thessalonica. And I want you to read it all over the place. So you just read it in Sunday school. See, you were doing what you were told to do. When Levi picked out this as the theme, you know, when we come to the end, it says, hey, you're supposed to read this. Said, Good, we read it now. All right, we've done what we're supposed to do. You're supposed to read this. And then someday it'll be your job when you get to be people like John and Bree and when you get to be people like Levi and Amy and whoever else, when you're those people, it's your job to make sure that they read this book. All right? Your job to do that. So someday you'll be in a position where you need to make sure you do what they did for you. They helped you to read it and understand. And the last one. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Amen. What does that mean? What's grace? Define grace. 
definition of grace. Favor, but it's a particular type of favor. It's the definition of grace. Yeah, undeserved, unmerited favor. What does it mean if somebody does something for you you don't deserve? It's called grace, all right? So we're asking God, and he said you pray for God, and he'll keep doing things for you even though you don't deserve it, even though you ignored him, and you're not praying every day like you're supposed to, and uh, you're not uh, happy, you're not giving thanks, you didn't thank your mother yet, didn't learn to be thankful yet, all right, but God is still going to do something for you even when you don't deserve it. And that's the way God is. Everything he does for us is things we don't deserve, really, but he does it. So the grace, or he wants to help you, he's going to help you, of Jesus Christ be with you, all right? So it's a good way to end up because we got some things to work on, right? Got to esteem people, have a high opinion of people, love people, help people who are weak and feeble-minded, help to guide people who are unruly, nasty people, don't be nasty back. And what about God? How do we treat Him? Rejoice evermore, pray without ceasing, and everything give thanks. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. That's how you do it. All right. And he says, I want you to do those things. And even if you don't do them, you, don't, you didn't earn it, God will still do things for you. And we're pretty lucky to have a God who has grace, who does favors for us that we don't deserve. Got it? All figured out? You know what you're going to do when you go home today and eat lunch? Father, it's okay. If Dad cooks it, you say thanks, Dad. All right? Whatever. Mom cooks it, you say thank you. And you learn. So you're going to say it all the time. Like I say what? Thanks to Levi and Sue and the choir. Thanks to the cleaning people. Thanks to the nursery people. Thanks to the people who bring flowers. Thanks to the people who mow the lawn. Keep saying thank you until people say you say that all the time. Hey, you got it. Now you're figuring it out. And everything give thanks. And God will be happy with that. They may get sick of it. I don't care. I had somebody say to me a little while ago, you always thank the same people. And I thought, I didn't say anything, but I thought, you know what? It's because the same people do good things all the time. And we don't only thank them once. And everything give thanks. Okay, good.